guys, it's about that time. Chris Brooks here, joined by Jared Redding with 247 Sports Inside the Rebels. This is the Rebels 247 Podcast, and glad to be with y'all today. Jared, better circumstances today after a, a baseball win yesterday. I started to call you yesterday morning, and we were going to do one of these preview pods for the game, but I, I just, I don't know why I didn't. I decided against it. I felt pretty good about the game last night, and I really thought we'd have a chance to say something positive today. But but anyway, first of all, how you doing, dudes? Yeah, I mean, I'm doing fine. You know, just once again, balancing the job, balancing school, balancing personal life. It's part of the grind, and that's something that you part of do, that you're supposed to do, and that's what I've been doing. Um, yeah, like you said, with uh, Ole Miss yesterday, you know, if you look at, you know, the past couple weeks, they're still kind of in that funk. Um, if, if you will, as far as, you know, losses, you know, they came into yesterday's matchup losing 12 of the last, uh, 16, um, yeah, yesterday, uh, I think it's safe to say it was just kind of a, uh, breath of fresh air and, you know, a large part of it is Dylan DeLucia. You know, we wondered why he didn't start against Alabama, you know, he, in his SEC starts, he's done significantly well, you know, he went through a complete game, uh, last night, first rebel to do so since Doug Nikhazy, ironically, uh, against Mississippi state, um, you know, and against South Carolina last week, you know, very similar circumstance, circumstances. And uh, it just seems like he's just done better as a starter than reliever. And I'm not a, you know, I'm, I, I don't really, as someone who probably is a father of, you know, a pitcher, you know, a bit of baseball uh, kids and all that, you can probably explain that a little bit better than I can. But uh, it's something that Lucia has certainly done. I mean, he had a good mix of three pitches, had control of those three pitches. Um, and, throughout the middle of the game and main difference was you know all the home runs last night were generated off uh, home runs except Ole Miss just had a few more runs attached to him yeah I do want to get into him specifically you know how he's been as a starter and man you worded it correctly like it's a breath of fresh air yesterday was just what it was a breath period because the air has, has been bad <laughs> it's been bad and I don't I don't laugh because of to mock anyone or the team because I know some of those players personally that have come from this area. And look, nobody's pulling for those guys more than I am. And to, to see them have some success yesterday, I was happy about that. But I want to get into Dylan and everything that went into that. But first, man, before you and I, we were talking before we started the podcast, and uh, you saw the joke on the board about your coverage coinciding with the team going down. Okay. You're familiar with this, correct? Yeah, I am. I and, uh, and, and I was thinking about this, honestly, before that post was even there. That just kind of validated my points, to be honest with you. No, man. You, no. I'm going to go different direction here on you. Are you prepared for this? Okay. Okay, so wait, hold up, hold up. So let me ask you this. Is this going to be a public interrogation of my jinxing or reverse jinxing of this team? Yeah, we're going to get to the bottom of this because you just said before we started the podcast that you're superstitious and, you know, baseball guys are all superstitious for the most part about this kind of stuff. I know that right. I've been joking, man. I've been joking that, oh, it's so funny. You know, the team started struggling when Jared started covering it and I'm going to check to see what he's doing. Like, I don't know if you're wearing shorts. Maybe you should be wearing long pants. You know, maybe, I mean, if it's something you could change a hat, you know, the hats always change. Not that you media. Know what? Actually, I think it actually is the hat, to be honest with you, because like, let me tell you why. So I got this hat um, right before uh, the this past football season. 
Yeah. Right. Right. I'm talking maybe in July of uh, last year. Okay. You know, I wore it before I went to a uh, a golf tournament in Memphis. You know, one with Phil Mickelson and all that sort of stuff. And okay. uh, just want to have a little bit more golf attire, if you will. And then the high school season came. All right. Uh, both of the local schools, Oxford and Lafayette, did not go to a state championship this year. And if you look at the past since 2010, 2009 actually, from 2009 to this past season, only twice <laughs> has Oxford Lafayette not gone to a state championship. <laughs> okay. So I, I, I'm in strong belief that this is the hat. And I wore this maybe a little bit while I was kind of working on athletics, but kind of a little bit far in between because I had a, just a set of hats in between. I'm just kind of, uh, you know, just the way my hair grows. Uh, <laughs> you know, I got, I got, I got wavy hair sometimes. Sometimes I let it grow out just a little bit. Yeah, uh, of just course. Get the, get the bro flow going. Yeah, me um, too. I let my hair grow out. So, so, so I've kind of been wearing hats like that. And then I started wearing this hat a lot more uh, as the, you know, once I started taking this job. And I think it really is the hat because when I took this job, uh, from Ole Miss's game, basketball game against Missouri to the end of the season. Ole Miss won one game. <laughs> and you could argue that it kind of flipped a little bit when Ole Miss started 9-0 uh, to start the year in, in baseball and went to number one country, but it's just kind of been a fall from grace ever since. So, Well, look, dude, I've been joking about this. Okay, because I, I like to have – superstitious, man. I, I, really, I really am superstitious, so I – you are. And look, like I said, I've been, I've been joking. I like to have a good time with this as media members. We're not supposed to care if they win or lose, but I'm, I'm look, I don't even know what a journalist is these days. I really don't because that's so muddled the waters of journalism. That's sports news. And that's a whole other podcast. What I, I don't even worry about it. I try to be honest. Okay. That's all I can give you. I try to be completely honest with them. And a lot of my fan feelings have dissipated. So I don't want to go too far into this. However, Man, that hurt my feelings when I found out that you really believed that there is something tied to you in which your beats sometimes go the wrong direction. And, and, it's, and it's funny that you mentioned that because I mentioned that story before. Um, but every team I've ever covered, you know, I've every team I've ever covered from, you know, season to season, from, you know, the moment where I started, you know, as a high school student journalist to now. A lot of my beats have either been, you know, you know the the highest of the high or the lowest of the low. Okay, very, okay. No very, very, very few has there been there in between. So I guess it kind of all depends on my occupation, if you will, or my my my, my side hustle, my side gig, a little bit. Because you know, I think you kind of mentioned it on the board yesterday uh, that kind of my student journalism, young journalism, and by young I mean like really, really young. Um, all started when, you know, my high school alma mater was, you know, was in a stretch where they went 34 and five. They were good, man. 34 and five over the, over three years. Uh, you, you know, people that, don't that know years. this. You, you started writing literally right after puberty. Like felt you 15 or something like that or something. You were I young. Was, no, I was like, I was 16 about to turn 17, but okay, still I was, I, I, I still, my voice was still kind of cackling. My, st- <laughs> my voice was still kind of going up and down. My voice still kind of goes up and down. And, and they were winning? They won with you? Yeah. Uh, yeah, somebody by the name of uh, DK Metcalf was on three of those teams as well. well so, you tutored him and mentored DK. and you know, he was. I, I taught him everything he needs to know about the hurdles. 
hey, all right, just work on your hat. Okay, we're going to get to the game. Work on your hat. Right. Maybe consider a change there. All right, I will. Uh, you know what? I got a Dick's Sporting Goods gift card that I got over Christmas. Still haven't used. So I'll send you a gift card if, if it's going to if, if it's it, going to help. It, that's what it's going to take. Because the winning, it, it it does cross our path in this sense. It's a whole lot more fun to cover a team that's winning because okay. the fans are happy. Okay, let me ask you this before we move on. Psychologically, okay. psychologically speaking, yeah, what type of hat will deliver the best luck? I'm looking at you now. You were wearing the Nike hat. I'm wearing the Nike okay. hat right now. I don't know what the kind gray of statement. Nike. Don't know what kind of statement you want to make. I don't do Nike hats. I'll wear an Under Armour hat or I'll go Callaway wear a golf hat and uh, if i was really feeling generous i have a couple of masters caps over here that i could give you those are almost guaranteed dubs if you wear that thing the masters hats Mm -hmm. like straight uh, from augusta i mean the real deal so you went to the masters um my stepdad did and brought back a bunch of gear how did he get so lucky he got like one that he he got like the lottery I don't want to. I don't want them to win that bad, though. You can't have one of those. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> just so right, you're going to get on that. Tell me, tell me about last night because uh, I didn't catch the game until about halfway through it. I was covering a high school game here locally. Okay, what was? Everybody knows the stage doesn't need to be reset here. Um, the season has. It's been a struggle of late, and then in particular, the last several years going up against state directly has been a struggle. So what's the scene last la- uh, last night in, in the stadium? And then, of course, you know, how big is that to get out the win? Uh, four to two? What was it, 4-2 to two was the final? Yeah, 4-2 to two was the final. What was the atmosphere like last night? It was kind of weird, honestly, because th- remember, this is a Thursday through Saturday series. Mm-hmm. And this is also on the same weekend. And this hasn't really been done a whole lot in the past that this old Mississippi State weekend, Mississippi State weekend, in Oxford has fallen on the exact weekend on the same weekend as the Grove Bowl, the spring game for football, and the biggest festival in Oxford, Double Decker, which didn't yeah. happen, which didn't happen the past two years because of COVID. So traffic was an absolute nightmare. Yeah, that's gonna uh, be big this and, year. And it's gonna be even worse today and even five times worse on Saturday. People start to kind of come here now. Um and it was a Thursday game. So, you know, students were still kind of getting out of class, still, you know, finishing either class or pre-game depending on what type of student you are uh so so it wasn't it wasn't a sellout um and it also wasn't overwhelmingly state fans which is which was kind of surprising honestly at the beginning of the game now a lot of my focus was not really geared toward the fans but more so just on the game itself because that's what i'm paid to do that's why i'm on the clock yeah um yeah but it was your typical sec atmosphere if you will um and it just seemed like from the very beginning, you know, State just kind of stumbled a little bit out of the gate. And a lot of that was just kind of just just a quick couple of mistakes just at the very beginning of the game. Um, you know, Delusia had five innings yesterday where he went three up, three down. The first of those was in the first inning. Um, and then the bottom of the first, you know, Justin Bench hit a leadoff single. Um, and then after that, there was – wild pitch you know brandon smith from mississippi state a pretty good pitcher you know he only he only walked four guys uh the whole season yeah and i think he walked four last night if i'm not mistaken let me check on that stat for you real fast so you know yeah they definitely me. caught a few breaks last night and it's it's been a while since they caught breaks you know so he walked two last night um and so but he was and they were talking about it on the uh 
on the air a little bit. He was kind of one of those dying breed of pitchers. who still kind of throws that sinker um, pretty well. And some of those sinkers just kind of got away from him a little bit and resulted in some balls. And one of them resulted in Bits doing second. Uh, and then they had a fielding error to get runners on the corners. And then just, you know, Hogwood right in the zone was out for Kevin Graham. And he hit a three-run home run basically just, just like that, just a critical pitching mistake. And Kevin Graham was there to capitalize on it. And no, that's you know, that they was had huge. their fair share of power. Yeah, and, and State's lineup is weird because like you look at their lineup, they have the power. You know, they have they big do. they have big dudes in their lineup, like you know, Logan Tanner or you know, Plumley Clark, who can hit it out of the yard yard at you know, and give them they have you know the ability to kind of sit on some of those pitches and all that. And they, and both of them hit a home run last night at solo home run. Like I said earlier, though, it was just kind of the difference with uh with almost just happened to have a little bit more to it. Hayden Dunhurst added the other run uh, going up, you know, against some people he may or may not have played against at Pearl River Central. Well, you know, the thing is, like I'm looking at numbers from yesterday, Jared, and like I said, I watched the second half of the game, but I'm I'm going through numbers. You can't be overstated how big Dylan DeLucha and what he's done the last couple of starts has been, right? Because I'm looking at numbers from this year to last year. The ERA, the pitching is worse. It's not It's not monumentally worse. I think the ERA last year was like in the 450s. This year it's 480s. But what they have missed has been a Friday night guy, you know, the, a leadoff right out of the gate, start game one. And if you get that performance and it allows everybody else to back up a spot, well, then it takes away some pressure and then all of a sudden, everybody is in a better slot for a better, for lack of a better way of saying this. And and then all of a sudden, your pitching stacks up better. Uh, I thought there's one thing that came out in post game. I was reading your stuff that Dunhurst said that uh, Delucha, and it is Delucha, right? Delucha, yeah, yeah Delucha. Uh, Dunhurst said that he had the best stuff on the staff. And I just sometimes we get caught up in just straight velo and who's the fastest and all that, and it's not the right way to say it. And then he went on into detail about how his ball moves and you know what he's able to do in and out of strike zone. You saw Mike last night talk about, you know, moving his fastball inside and outside. You know, he, Mike used to do this a lot early in his career. I, I vividly remember this when the talent maybe wasn't what it's been lately when he was building this, and uh, he always stressed being able to throw three pitches in the zone. Okay, if you can mix three pitches in the zone, you can be effective. He talk, used to talk about it all the time. And honestly, like what Dylan's been able to do, it's focused on that, moving his fastball inside and out, throwing three pitches, throwing three pitches for strikes, giving yourself a chance. And look, man, a tip of the cap to that guy. The Kevin Graham home run was huge because whatever stress and pressure was on those players, it's a whole different game when you're up three to nothing. You can relax yeah. and play, but uh, man, that was, that was such a big game from from Delucia. Yeah, and it was, and like you said, with Kevin Graham, um, you know, everyone likes to talk about Dylan Delucia, but I'm not sure if uh, Ole Miss. I mean, Ole Miss made some great plays in the outfield too. People tend to forget that too. Uh, you know, TJ McCants has made a couple really, really good plays in the outfield. Now, while while he has at times struggled a little bit at the plate, he TJ McCants is a guy who either you know goes you know two for two, three for three, reaches base three times, or does nothing at all. Last night yeah. was one of those that was nothing at all at the plate, but made some great plays. He and uh, Kevin Graham out there, but important too with Kevin Graham's home run because you look at this series past couple of years, you look at last year's series in Starkville. This is a textbook example game one last year it was kind of a similar thing and 
in Starkville where they're up five to two, and I think about the sixth inning or so. And you know, State last year, when State got streaky last year with the hits, you know, it's snowball. And it's kind of like Ole Miss this year. If you let Ole Miss get hot at the plate, they will embarrass you. And and that's what kind of what State did last year, not once but twice in this series, including game one. And like you mentioned earlier with the uh, – seems to kind of be like a boogeyman mentality uh, when, it, when it comes to the series. The Ole Miss hadn't won a three-game set against – State since well, what's what was the number? Are they two and seventeen in the last nineteen before last night, or something like that? Uh, correct. And there was and a there was a sixteen and three stretch kind of in the middle of that too. Yeah. Um. Now last year, almost won Game Two in Starkville behind a one hit shutout by Doug Nikhazy, and he was and Dunhurst was kind of asked asked last night. It was like, yo, look, you caught for Doug's one hit no hitter yesterday. How did this stack up? And he's just like, well, that's kind of a, you know, unfair judgment. But, you know, Delusia, you know, saw kind of that dog mentality um, in him that, you know, he saw with Doug Nikhazy. Because Doug Nikhazy, like you mentioned earlier, um, you know, was that dude. You know, Gunnar Hoagland was that before he went down. Gunnar Hoagland kind of, you know, didn't quite reach his full potential at times and just kind of was the subject of a lot of bad luck, you know, basically because of last year's bullpen, too. Uh, but Doug was just a guy who can just consistently make it happen. Ole Miss hasn't had that this year, but if you look at uh, if you look at uh, Delucia's past couple starts, and I'll pull up the numbers um, for reference. Nine innings last night, he did give up five hits, and two of those were solo home runs, and two of those were kind of one of them was a really really low pitch that Plumley was just the Plumley Clark was able to just swing really low underneath and kind of get it. Combus was just you know straight in the breadbasket. Um, or just like straight right at him. Uh, South Carolina last week, nine one win, but seven two thirds, six hits, only one run, and I believe that was given up on a solo home run as well. Yeah. Um, Kentucky uh, went. I don't, I don't remember if that was out of the pen or not. Uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but Tennessee, he did not start. But considering where Tennessee was in that game, and they, you know they beat Ole Miss to sleep. You know the beginning of that game, and almost almost went seven innings, and you know did you know the best he could just just to simply save that bullpen and at least have a chance to win those next two games. And that and uh, against Auburn, uh, you know didn't start, but he was the one who kind of kept it down. Well, the number um, that matters last Kentucky, night. Kentucky he did start. He did start he against did Kentucky, that. and and he he did go six six then uh, one third. Uh, three hits, one run. So I don't, I, I don't know if it's too early to kind of see him kind of be, all right, this guy's our, our Doug Nikhazy or Ole Miss is well, Doug he Nikhazy. Might, he might not be Doug Day, but uh, – He's not it, Doug Day, but he but he's, but he's Friday Day, though. He's Friday night, and, and he'll have that, you know, for the foreseeable future if he can do that. But the number I look at, I mean, he only gave up the five hits. But no walks, didn't hit anybody. That, that was a big, big deal. That's huge. State, State, State never really had a base runner the whole night. State ended up only stranding three runners on base last night in, um, in total. Made them earn it. But look, that, I want to move on here for a couple more minutes. We're going to wrap this up around 20 minutes or so. But um, baseball is such a weird sport. I mean, everybody went from I don't I don't want to get into the big picture. Not here because it's a longer podcast with uh, with um, with Mike and the coaching stuff. And I don't want to get into all that on this one. But a baseball is such a weird thing. They're sitting here six and ten now in the conference. You win a game over your rival, 
everybody feels a little bit better and you're in a spot to where if, I mean, I'm getting way ahead of myself. If they go out and get a couple of more wins here, then all of a sudden the, the whole, the, the season looks different. You go out and lose these two. Well, then you're right back where you were. So it, it can happen that fast, but, but the next two games here, and we'll start with what's going to happen tonight. We'll just stick there. Hunter Elliott's on the bump, right? Hunter Elliott is on the bump. Okay, you get Hunter Elliott on the bump. I'm looking at Hunter's numbers. His numbers have been good. If if he can give them a good start, you know, how do you feel about going into tonight? Who's state throwing? If you don't mind me asking, do you know? I haven't um, looked at it. Let me let me, let me uh, pull up the game notes. Uh, for- yeah, check real quick. And look, states had some. People are well aware. States had issues this year. They win the whole thing yeah. last year. Their their bullpen their bullpen isn't quite. As, I mean, and granted, part of it was you know Landon Sims going a starter and him uh, injuries have killed him and, and him unfortunately um, going down uh, with Tommy John. But the bullpen hasn't quite been you know where it was last year. And of course, you know State had the starting pitch and make it happen. I mean, Will Bednar, nothing much needs to be said about that one. Just yeah. was incredible last year, and you could argue he was he and Sims were the ones who pretty much did it in in order to kind of win that. Uh, that uh, national championship. Yeah, and I hate that. College. I do hate that for Sims. I hope he's it, it, healthy, recovered, comes back a hundred percent. Absolutely, and you know, you don't wish uh, wish that on anybody. But I'm trying to find it. I don't seem to find it. See, see, people do their game notes a little bit different. Oh wait, hold up. Never mind. I found it. Preston Johnson. They're throwing the night. Okay, so they're throwing Johnson today. I mean, this is look. This is a big series for State too. Um, I mean, oh goodness, yeah. They've been in a they've been in a similar spot that Ole Miss is in, and like this is huge. I bet I would bet the crowd today will be, I would maybe packed house. Yeah, it it is officially a sellout. And okay, it's so the only one I think. I, it's the only one I think so far the series that's a sellout. Now you could throw some you know some asterisks in uh, Saturday's game, maybe because of double decker, maybe because of the Grove Bowl. The Grove Bowl, you know, will happen about three and a half hours uh, beforehand, um, even longer, maybe. Um, you know, Grubble starts at 12. Uh, Saturday's game starts at 3.30. But, yes, it's an important game for State. And let me tell you why, too, because people tend to forget, yes, these both of these teams were in the top five at the beginning of the year. Both teams are now unranked. Both teams at the very bottom of the SEC West. Now, imagine saying yeah. that at the beginning of the year. Well, State has that championship ring in their back pocket. Makes they they, feel a little they bit, do. A little better. It, it does make it a little bit, a little bit better. It and makes it feel always, better. And you can always rely on, you know, just simply the record. Over the past couple of years, you know, if, if wow. you look at, you know, last year's series win, um, we'll know what would have happened in 2020. Obviously, 2019, you know, they just beat the brakes off Ole Miss in their own backyard. I remember those games like it was yesterday. Just it just was kind of like a some things never change mentality. Well, I think tonight's uh, big. I think it, it's big. And I think Hunter Elliott, um, we'll have to see, see what happens now. Hunter has kind of struggled a little bit in SEC play at times a little bit. Hey, let me make a prediction for you. Are you prepared for this? I'm curious knock, to know what this is. Knock on wood. I don't want to jinx him. Hunter Elliott's going to be good in that game tonight. That's fair enough. I think. I think it is. I think. You know. I think at, he's. At times, I think he's, he'll, he'll, I'm sorry. He'll, I didn't mean to step on you. No, 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 no. What were you saying? I'm I think his starts have been better than. I think it's, it's one of those things. Do you know how a coach sometimes in football they think a player's perform poorly and then you go back and look at the tape and realize you know they really weren't that bad. Uh, I think his, his starts in the SEC is, is pitching. I think it's been like that. You think it's bad. 
you go back and look at it, that was not as bad as not nearly as bad as I thought it was. I bet he's good tonight, but it, I think tonight, not to make too much of it, but it, there'll be some indication there to how this season's going to go. Can they build on what happened yesterday? Yeah, and that's fair enough. And that's one thing that uh, I think, you know, one of D1's, D1 baseball's writers actually came to the game yesterday and, you know, was with us when we were talking to Bianco. And he was like, look, I haven't really gotten a chance to catch up with you this season, but kind of give an overview of the season recap. And, you know, the thing, thing that Bianco mentions is, you know, we've shown that we can be good. I don't think there's any question about that. We just have not done it consistently from game to game. We can't seem to keep a form of consistency because we don't have, you know, certain things within our pitching and all that. We we haven't been able to string together a couple of good starts. That's kind of been the same thing with uh, with Hunter a little bit. You know, Hunter was you know excellent in non-conference game. And if you look at team, if you look at ERA, you know he's you know has the second best ERA on the team right now. Yeah, three thirty three, I think. Yeah. Exactly what it is. Uh, 333, only behind uh, Mallets as far as that. Although he hasn't pitched near the amount of well, – he's pitched a lot more innings uh, than Josh Mallets. Um, but, you know, with Elliott, it's like – Bianco mentioned from the very beginning, you know, he's one of the best pitchers on our staff. He mentioned that at the beginning of the year. He mentioned that in the middle of the year. He had some really yeah. good relief appear- – some really good relief appearances in the SEC plays, danced around some fire a little bit. You know, Bianco's kind of – yeah, like he hasn't quite pitched as well. He hasn't quite recaptured that magic that we had at the beginning of the year. But this one could be it because I don't know what the statistic is at the top of my head with uh, State's left-handed batters um, and all that. But he's a guy like Delusia who has the perfect capability to attack both sides of the plate. He has great stuff. He can mix up pitches. And if he's going to be good tonight, and if he's not, it's going to be because of your hat. And he has yeah, – exactly, exactly. And, and, uh, and he uh, and he has the ability to have longevity. And I don't think, yeah. and I don't think that's going to be as big of a deal last night. Of course, obviously, Dylan saved a lot of bullpen arms. And this is an important thing to remember too. And I know we're kind of you know exceeding our quota, if you will, with the time limit. But that's all right. People don't – a lot of people who may not – Follow this program even enough. Don't really know this about going to the series, but Ole Miss is shorthanded in the pitching staff going into the series, right? Um, and they were shorthanded staff even when they got you know beaten the brakes off of by you know Semo earlier in the week. Against Semo, they were without Jack Doherty, who had a recent death in the family and wasn't you know able to go because of that. He he's, he was dressed out and he was be back for the series, but uh, Washburn is is still out. Um, with that, with the hamstring injury they suffered, they suffered against South Carolina going after that foul ball and Gaddis, it's also after the series too with appendix issues. So that so Delusia's performance last night was even magnified because look, you know, there Washburn has been play, been pitching some of his best a little bit as of late, and then he goes down. Gaddis, while he you know has kind of gone up and down. A little bit more so down in SEC play. He's got some really good stuff too, and he, and he has the ability to make those big pitches. So that's that's big. And I think Hunter Elliott, you know, like you said, can have a good performance tonight. But even if he does it, Ole Miss still has a little bit of a support system to work with. Now they can't afford to squander it a little bit, but he has some help if, if they need be. But like like you said, you know, it, it's it's about time that, that you know that Hunter can get make something good happen. And I believe that. Like you said, that he can make it happen. Well, hopefully he is good tonight and he gets deep into that game 
and uh, and gives them a chance. But Jared, let's wrap this thing up. Always good to talk to you, man. Okay. All good to talk to you too, Chris. Yep. I appreciate you guys. Thanks for listening. This is the Rebels Two Four Seven podcast, and uh, we'll talk to you guys later.